Welcome to another episode of the No Feeding Tubes show. I'm your host, Yvonne McLaren, and I'm here to help you live your best food life following or during head and neck cancer treatment. Thanks for listening and hanging out with me here today. This is a lived experience and one that I think is better shared. And what do I know? Well, in late 2018, I was diagnosed with oropharyngeal cancer and I went on to have a third of my tongue removed, both tonsils, the tumour, 30 lymph nodes and 30 chemoradiotherapy sessions. I also had a peg tube feed for 15 months and ate nothing orally in that time. So grab your favourite beverage or your walking shoes and let's get started. Welcome to episode 52 of the No Feeding Tube Show. I'm your host, Yvonne McLaren, and I'm pleased you could join me here today. I'm doing something a bit different today. Um, I've already written the blog for the GAG newsletter, and uh, what I normally do is I would do a podcast and a YouTube clip together and then I'd write the blog. But for whatever reason, today I decided to do it the other way around. And I think that's because I stumbled across something that I'd written back in August of 2019 and it really uh, hit me that it was probably time to revisit that. Today's episode, episode 52, is all about... Uh, the brutal reality of head and neck cancer treatment. And yesterday I went in to have uh, one of my scheduled ENT in those throat uh, appointments where they, you know, <laughs> and I had to laugh at uh, my surgeon. He said, do you want the um, the spray, you know, when they put the camera up your nose, down the back of your throat. I said, yeah, I want, yeah, I want the spray. Uh, both nasal passages, thank you very much. He said, oh, well, you know, in Canada we didn't always do it. And I went, well, not here in Australia. You can give me all the drugs that I can take, thank you very much. But four years out, I'm looking good. Things are going okay for me. Um, but, you know, obviously apart from... Uh, the brutality of the side effects of the treatment. Um, so that's what I wrote about in my blog today in the um, in GAG, the newsletter. And I thought, you know what, <clears throat> if you're like me, I do like to lie in bed and sleep and listen to stories and people talking to me. So I'm going to read this verbatim. So for those that are watching on YouTube, you can just listen because I'm not looking at the camera very much. And I'm literally going to read what I wrote today and I started off by talking about something that I wrote in a private online forum group now bearing in mind I had been I think four months out of my treatment and my treatment um, involved a number of things but I won't lessen the, the story by telling you I'm just going to start reading Breast, bowel and prostate cancer is the sexy cancer. 
I nearly did something today that in hindsight I would not have been happy with tomorrow. All these people banging on about this woman who had breast cancer and how bad it is for her and let's do this and let's raise money and let's get everyone on their high horse over it. I was so close to saying, yeah, she's got breast cancer. Whoop-de-doo, at least she can eat, at least she can drink and at least she can go back to her job. She can go out for dinner and enjoy food, any food, wine and a cup of tea. At least she's got her social life. She can kiss, she can talk, she can whistle. I was so angry and I thought it's so unfair that at times I've wished I had breast cancer instead of this cancer. Then I'd feel guilty. It came from nowhere, this anger today. Month nine and still no food, no eating and another sore throat. Has anyone else felt like this? I wrote this on the 1st of August 2019 to an online support group. I was five months out from treatment for stage 4 oropharyngeal cancer. I had a third of the base of my tongue removed, a neck dissection which involved the removal of 30 lymph nodes, the removal of a tumour the size of a couple of small walnuts and both of my tonsils. I wasn't eating, I was pouring artificial formula into my peg tube in my stomach And I was at war with the world. Despite my trepidation in voicing how I was really feeling, I mean, who says they wish they had breast cancer? Turns out there are a lot of other head and neck cancer people who felt exactly the same way. Their stories equally Herculean, full of emotion and the severe impact treatment had or is having on their life now, those lucky enough to have survived. All this was triggered by a woman on the news complaining of a small tattoo used on her breast to indicate where radiation was to focus. I get emotional just reading this out, so <clears throat> my apologies. I'll try crack on. Some of us are not proud of our thoughts, me included, but I remember thinking, you know, you can cover that up. Wear a top. You can't cover up facial disfigurement. You can't cover up the inability to swallow, talk or drink and eat in public. It's not a sexy cancer. It's not a common cancer. We don't have the clout, we don't have the talk, we don't talk about the long, lifelong side effects as a result of being given the gift of life itself. The mask is a part of the treatment process and I was lucky, it didn't phase me too much. It was uncomfortable, yes, and they immobilise you on a table by screwing the mask down over your face. You can feel your eyelashes brushing the inside. This mask is made for you using mesh plastic, which is moulded to exactly your facial shoulder requirements. I used yoga meditation to get through the 15 minutes of radiation, whilst others had panic attacks, claustrophobia, and ongoing mental issues, effectively locking them in an emotional jail long after treatment had finished. 
This radiation burnt you internally and externally, producing third-degree burn like scarring and fibroids that when unleashed, they're worst further down the healing track. I've heard public stories where women with breast cancer were getting cooked meals and housework done from charities. These available options being discussed while partaking in tea and asparagus rolls in a cancer care group. We, as a group, can't talk, eat and breathe at the same time. We don't receive glossy and targeted marketing campaign rollouts. If someone famous is diagnosed with head and neck cancer, i.e. John Farnham, Martina Navratilova, Val Kilmer, Michael Douglas, Stanley Tucci, to name but a few, it gets a bit of airplay. But unless the person feels comfortable in making it better known, we remain under the radar. It should not be taken... It should, My apologies. It should not take being a world-famous movie star or singer for this cancer to receive the recognition it deserves. Its side effects are life-changing and also carry the highest depression and suicide rate of any cancer in the world, unsurprisingly. We carry our disabilities and scars forever, some even being told that they deserved it due to its location. You must have been a smoker, a drinker, or both. More often than not, these days it's caused by HBV and that leads to a whole lot of other guilt, misinformation and frankly misfortune, something even to this day I'm still coming to terms with. As a group, we're isolated and in need of help or at the very least understanding. Some of us don't look sick, some of us have hidden disability, in my case it's swallowing. Some of us do this alone as a single person and others have support networks in spouses and friends. <clears throat> we are not like other cancer patients, particularly, particularly after radiotherapy. Sitting with other cancer patients who are eating and drinking and talking, we sit in stony silence, not daring to try eat or drink in case we choke or worse, vomit. I know many people who ring a bell after chemotherapy treatment finishes. I didn't. It wasn't offered. And I was still trying to pick my way through the minefield of radiotherapy after my chemotherapy had ceased. I was warned it was a brutal treatment. The radiography department being the most disliked department due to the damage they inflict, according to my radiologist. They weren't kidding. Even writing this blog today has taken its toll. I've had to stop, compose and redirect my thought processes. Our medical teams need to remove the cancer if they can without destroying basic human functions like eating, drinking, speaking, smiling, breathing and appearance. The cancer is so visible to the world in those of us with scarred faces and no teeth. This cancer is such an interruption to our working and social life if we can't eat properly and speak clearly. We can't just cover it up with strategically placed scarves and jackets. Eventually we must eat and socialise in public again. 
A small tattoo of a cross is such a small inconvenience in the grand scheme of things. And that ended my blog for the day. Uh, in my blog on GAG, the newsletter, I've, I've put some links into Head and Neck Cancer Australia uh, to some of the further explanation around oropharyngeal cancer, uh, what a neck dissection is, etc., etc. And you might find that they are useful links for you to actually click through and have a read. Um, <clears throat> I raise this issue because we don't speak up about people who have got other types of cancer because, you know, it's crap, any kind of cancer, really. But I, I personally think that head and neck cancer treatment people really do get a hard deal. Um, you know, yes, people have breasts removed. Yes, that's horrendous. Yes, that's awful. I totally get it. But having your tongue removed, having teeth removed, having your voice box removed is also pretty tough. Um, and I just wanted to mention it because I think it's really important that we start to raise the awareness of the side effects of this cancer treatment. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm eternally grateful for um, my team and what they did for me and the fact that I'm still here to tell the tale, but... In many ways, I believe I am here to tell the tale. And I just wanted to read that out so that you could listen, uh, should you like the option of listening. Uh, so please um, reach out to me. I've had someone reach out to me the last couple of days that would like for me to cover a day in the life of, meaning me and what I eat, what I do, how I fit it in, how I fit it in around work and um, what sort of food I eat, what snacks I eat. So I think I'll give that some thought and work towards doing that for one of the episodes coming up. So thanks for joining me here today for that unusual podcast. Um, I hope you've gotten something out of it. In the meantime, until we... Uh, Meet again, look after yourselves, eat well and look after someone else and make sure that you have a look at subscribing to GAG, the newsletter. Until then, eat well everybody and um, take care.